Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlaineCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to encourage you to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blaine, and I certainly do count it a privilege and a blessing to be here with you on this, the 25th episode of our podcast. Well, what we have coming up, BCU family, is Speech Therapy Season 2. Yes, indeed, you all asked for it, and it is here. So go ahead and take this time to get your Bible, your notebook, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blaine Courage's You is coming to you with Speech Therapy Season 2. That's what's coming up next. BCU family, once again, welcome to Speech Therapy Season 2. If you missed Season 1, not to worry, it is all out on the BlendCouragesYou.com site under series and studies so you can catch all of the speech therapy episodes or the podcast there. If you happen to be listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or on iTunes, you can just head out to where all of the podcasts are listed and you can see the speech therapy podcast there for your listening edification. With the grace of God, it is going to bless you mightily. So let's talk a little bit about what happened in speech therapy season one. We talked about the contents of the heart, everybody, understanding that our heart meditations govern our speech and actions. We also talked through the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, excessive talk, and overstatements. All of those things affect our hearts and our minds, which eventually affects our speech. And this is what we are in speech therapy for. So in this season, we'd like to dig a little deeper and study some areas that can hinder our efficacy in the body of Christ, hinder our ministry, and turn souls away. Really, some of these these areas we're going to be talking about will make the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts totally unacceptable. Remember, we don't want to offer any strange fire to our awesome God. Remember, we talked about that in the call according to his purpose. We talked about strange fire and what that means. So, Some of the strange fire or one area of strange fire that I'd like to take a closer look at is forgiveness. Yes, forgiveness. So what I'm going to ask you all to do, if you would, is you should have your Bibles at hand. Please turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And if you could pause this podcast Um, And read that in its entirety. I won't read it through for the sake of time, but if you can read it in its entirety, then we'll go through and break down that chapter and see what Jesus is saying to us about forgiveness. So BCU family, we really need to break down this whole chapter to understand the magnitude and importance of forgiving. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 18, starting with verse number one. So notice that the disciples came to Jesus and, you know, questioned him about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. 
So we might be a little hard on the disciples for asking that question. How does this apply to us? Do we look for the greatest position? Do we have a servant's attitude? Or is the position that we desire or we hold, does it have a a note of visibility? And, you know, do we feel a certain way if we're not applauded or noticed? Jesus immediately chose a child, and now we're looking at verses 2 through 5, as a visual for a few reasons. Number one, conversion is needful only because our old nature can be puffed up and proud. It wants to be served and admired, be the greatest rather than being humble or serve others. That's just our old nature, and that's why we need the Holy Ghost down on the inside, according to Acts 2 and 38. Also, Jesus chose a child because the audience at that time regarded children as property and little people who should be seen and not heard, be cared for, looked after, and subject to what the elders said. Mm-hmm. So imagine the disappointment that it wouldn't be the one who did the most healing. That one wouldn't be the greatest. The one that listened to the most sermons or sold the most at the chitlin strut or gave the most money, shouted the loudest or clapped the hardest. It was a child. All right. Our next point. Think about the faith and trusting nature of a child. So I got a small story here that I want to tell you all that I used to watch a show called Sesame Street when I was a little girl and my dad used to watch the show with us. I can remember being, I don't know, maybe four, five or six years old and there was a montage of children that came on in the intro, you know, running and playing and interacting. I don't remember the whole thing, but I do recall that there was a back or profile of this little girl that had her hair done similar to how I wore mine. So she was playing hopscotch for a few seconds and my dad said, that's you, that's you. So now he likely meant it figuratively, but as a youngster, I didn't have the presence of mind to rationalize it. I just got excited and I took my dad literally. So you all know that I cheesed up and I was sure to watch the beginning of Sesame Street every time I got a chance to see myself, quote unquote. I believed my dad. I trusted his word and I never thought, hmm, you know, there was never a camera outside to film me or I didn't have that outfit or I don't recognize that tree or when did they film me playing hopscotch? I just know that my dad said it was me. He told me it was so, and I didn't question it. Do you all see where I'm going? That childlike nature in doing what God says and taking him at his word is what gets us into the kingdom of heaven. So we also, with that, have to think about the forgiving nature of most children. With kids, When they get angry, they're angry about something one moment and they're pretty much playing with that same kid in the next few minutes. And we really, as adults, can learn something from that. In fact, Paul reminded us and said, Brethren, be not children in understanding 
How be it in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 20. So this ties back into my story <laughs> because the one of the next times that Sesame Street came on, I happened to be watching with my mom. So I was excited and couldn't wait to show her me. So when Blen came on and I said, you know, that that's me. My mom told me in no uncertain terms, that is not you. <laughs> Period. So right here is where you can insert the blank stare. And my parents, God bless them, have been married for uh, over 60 years. And, and my mom is no nonsense. My dad is more of the, the playful type. My mom just told me uh, straight <laughs> with no sugar, nothing at all, that that was not me. So I don't remember what my reaction was to her saying that that wasn't me. Um, I was probably confused, but I can tell you that I didn't question my dad. If he was mistaken, I forgave him because I knew that my dad loved and took good care of me. So I overlooked that transgression. Now, listen, I am not saying that that's what God does in terms of saying things that are not so. I'm not saying that. The point is, is that I forgave my dad. He was still and still is very cool to me. And that's what children do. Children have a tendency to forgive and to forget. That's what we should do. All right. So what we just talked about sets us up for the next verses that are coming up. Verses six and seven. Verse six in chapter 18 of Matthew says, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Verse seven says, Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to the man by whom the offense comes. So I want you all to look at those verses again and pay special attention, believers, because Jesus himself said that offenses will come. Offenses meaning snares, traps, trap sticks, stumbling blocks, temptation, enticers, obstacles. All these things are considered offenses. And some will come from the enemy. Old flames, new flames, smoldering flames, your own self and its old nature, well-meaning friends, enemies, strangers, acquaintances, that receptionist that snapped at you, your mom, your dad, your kids, cousin Junebug, sweet Ida May, your spouse, significant other, church family, confidants, co-workers. We could go on and on. And listen, those offenses can be something as simple as you reacting in a bad attitude, um, someone getting in their flesh about a missed deadline, kids acting up in school, marital issues, finding things out at the last minute, whatever it is, offenses will come. Listen to me closely on this one, everybody. God allows offenses to teach us to stay in the spirit 
and not react in the flesh, the enemy, his point is he wants to bring them to get you out of the spirit and to keep you in the flesh. If you stay in the flesh about offenses, it breeds an angry, revengeful, unforgiving spirit. All right, so we know that offenses are going to come. We also know that Jesus promises, and when he makes a promise, he doesn't break it to deal with the offenders. The scriptures say that it's better than a millstone is hung around the neck of that person and they're cast into the sea than to bother one of his children. So, you know, Jesus is going to take care of them one way or the other. Now, while we might be clapping for any impending punishment for the offenders, let's keep two things in mind. The word lets us to know to rejoice not when your enemy falls, nor let your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and it displease him and he turns away his wrath from him, meaning your enemy. And that is found in the book of Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. So we're not supposed to rejoice and get all excited about that sort of thing. So with the Lord's help, we're not going to do that. The other thing that we want to keep in mind and listen closely, BCU family, this applies to all of us myself included, is that we need to check ourselves with the help of the Lord to make sure that we are not practicing offenders mentioned in Matthew 18. Because while offenses do come from others, we can also offend as well. So this can totally be us. We want to make sure with, again, God's help, that we don't repeat or we don't continue to practice offending. Now, mind you, practicing or offending on purpose is very different from occasionally stumbling or struggling with something rather than succumbing to it. Again, it's one thing to mess up occasionally as we are striving toward perfection, but choosing to lie on someone Choosing to be the marital issue or have a bad attitude because, you know, I don't care today. When we're intentionally, maliciously, willfully, spitefully doing, saying, acting, or retaliating in ways that offend someone, whether or not they deserve it, it is wrong. And we are just as wrong as those offenders that we just talked about. So Jesus even goes further on that in verses 8 and 9 of Matthew chapter 18 to tell us that whatever the offending part is, whether it's our hands, our feet, or our eyes, we need to cut and pluck. That is our job. That is our job. And what that means is, is that we have to just take extremes to make sure that we are not willfully, intentionally offending someone. All right, so whatever that part is that's offending, we've got to get rid of it. Jesus goes on in verses 10 through 14 of Matthew chapter 18, saying that it's not God's will that any of his sheep should perish. He goes after that one sheep. And some of us 
myself included, we are that one sheep. And while we may be saved according to Acts 2.38 and have Jesus down on the inside, we may have that. That's the foundation, everybody. We have to go further. And in this case, we're talking about although we might be saved, are we handling offenses in the Bible way, the way that Jesus tells us to handle it? We can't practice offending or being malicious or full of wrath unrighteousness, envy, deceit, debate. We can't be whisperers talking about the offender, backbiting, talking about them behind their back. We can't be just spiteful or without understanding on why maybe that person is offending us. We can't do that because we will not, the scriptures say, make it into the kingdom of God. And check that out in Romans chapter 1, verses 29 through 32. You know, verse 32 says that, you know, reading some of those things on righteousness and being full of envy and murder because we murder with our mouths and backbiting and, and being despiteful and proud. Maybe we're too proud to go to the person, whatever it is. Verse 32 really brings it home by saying, who knowing the judgment of God they that commit such things are worthy of death. We certainly do not want to perish behind making sure that we let that person that has offended us, that we respond in the wrong way. So we certainly don't want that to happen. And again, Romans chapter 1, verses 29 through 32 lets us to know um, who won't make it into the kingdom of heaven. And that certainly are folks who practice offending. So when we do practice that, it shows the condition of your heart and it really shows how closely you're walking with God. Additionally, we are not allowed to retaliate just because that person deserves it. God says, no, he's going to take care of that. Romans chapter 12 verse 19 says, never to avenge ourselves, but to leave the path open for God's wrath. For it is written that vengeance is mine. I will repay. I will requite, saith the Lord. And again, that's a promise. God always keeps his word. So listen, everybody. Let's limp. Come with the eye patch, the cast with God's help. Let's do whatever we need to do with the grace of God so that we can make it into the kingdom of heaven. BCU family, I have to warn you that you will be tested in this area of being the offended and also offending. I know that I was tested. I can think of one time in particular. And let me tell you, it took every ounce of the Holy Spirit to keep my flesh under subjection. Okay? <laughs> it really did. I had to pray, 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 and pray and just yield. So if we yield to the Spirit willingly, um, our God is faithful to help us to overcome the temptation to want to retaliate or to um, continue not to forgive the person that is doing the offending. <laughs>
Well, BCU family, the Lord has done it again. He has illuminated his word in our hearts for us to meditate on, to study once again, and most of all, to apply it. And again, I'm not only talking to all of you, I am speaking to myself as well. So on that note, we're going to wrap up this episode of our podcast. And Lord will, the next time we're together, we're going to start to talk about how to handle those offenses like Christ wants us to. There comes a point in time where we need to go ahead and talk to the offender. And how do we do that successfully and so that the Lord is pleased? So stay tuned for that coming up in our next podcast. As we get ready to close out, this is Blend from Blend Encourages You. And I just want to take the time to thank you all so much for stopping by. We thank you for subscribing, for your comments, for your likes, for the shares, and everything that you do to encourage us to continue to encourage you. Amen? Amen. So until the next time we're together, may our awesome God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and don't forget to stay on the wall. We'll see you next time.